Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we review our favorite RPGs, collectible card games, MMOs, video games, PC games, and bring up interesting topics and things that we'd like to share with everyone. Sit back and enjoy the show. This is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. So, uh, this is for I'm Sean Patrick Fannin. I'm the uh, Pinnacle Brand Manager for Savage Rest, the writer designer on the game. And uh, we've uh, already determined. Uh, oh, yeah, six guys. Hello. Ah, yeah, Hi, six. Michael. Hello. Uh, you can slide this way. Well, do me a favor. You, grab, you get to, by default, grab this big, nice, comfy chair. Or you could grab the office chair from the bedroom, whichever one you like better. But, Michael, before you go anywhere, let me ask you this. Do you know what Rift is? Yes. Okay. Have you played Savage Worlds? No. Uh, you got one after all. <laughs> I got one after all. I have a book. Uh, I, was, uh, I, was, I was hoping... I was at Gen Con and watched the session play. Okay, well then you've seen the system in I've, play. I've seen Savage Rifts in play. Right. Well, then you've seen the system pushed to its absolute limits and then the rock now it's ripped off. So, there you go. Right, yeah, so, you can grab the big comfy chair or grab the office chair from the bedroom, which you want to think going to work out better for you. So as I was saying, um, lead writer and designer for Savage Rifts, and uh, we were explaining to our friend your Robert. Name, Robert. They call me Bob, actually. Or Bob. Call me Bob. That uh, Rifts was an extremely popular setting in 1990 when it came out, and popular through the 90s, and there is still a hardcore loving fan base of the Rifts setting and its story for all the fact that it is anything and everything, including a fully weaponized kitchen sink. Um, it does have an intrinsic um, story of its own. And it, there's a, there is intrinsic iconography. So the fact is the riffs allow any possibility to come from anywhere, time and space. Nonetheless, the world itself is developed in some pretty specific ways. Uh, there are established factions of power. There are, are, are well-known creatures that have iconic presence. And uh, there's a lot of story that is baked into the setting. Uh, so capturing that it, under under a, under a completely different game system that was a, a, a D20 pastiche, if you will, uh, under the rule mechanics that is Savage Worlds, uh, which is famous for fast, furious, and fun, uh, and, and under Palladium, they are you know very much saying balance just doesn't matter to us, and under Savage Worlds, balance is very important. So the most challenging design work of my life. <laughs> Uh, and I'm incredibly gratified every time someone tells me that you know they sense that it plays the way they hoped it would. Uh, the Rift fans seem to really enjoy the experience. I had the incredible fortune to be the first GM to ever run Rifts for Kevin Sabita, where he got to play. And this was at Grand Con just a couple of weeks ago. He's never played in his world. He's run it constantly. He's never played as a player. So his first experience as a player in the setting was under Savage Rifts with me running, and he loved it. That was a huge boom, so I'm pretty excited about that. So, Rifts is a world that is post-apocalyptic in nature. The average person has no idea how long it's been since things happened. Um, but uh, you have uh, postmodern society, trappings, big cities, and things like that. But there's every level of civilization, from the run-down, ramshackle, you know, Old West-style village, or even medieval-looking kind of place. And then you've got giant megacities where they've been rebuilding much more extensively. But there's massive wilderness in between. There are factions you know, fighting over you know, power and land. Um, two of the most well-known factions are the Coalition States and the Federation of Magic. Uh, and Coalition States, the guys think Mussolini and Hitler had the right idea, just wrong execution. That should give you an idea of who those guys are. And the average soldier is just like the average soldier from the German war mind in World War II, not necessarily in the evil, but brought up in a propaganda 
or in this case, they're taught that anyone who uses magic of any kind is inherently evil and destructive to society, and all non-humans should be wiped out. So that's that faction. On the other side, the Federation of Magic, which is ruled by a completely insane, you know, evil mad doctor of a, of a sorcerer uh, named uh, Lord Dunskin, and for them, it's magic group or all us and kill anybody who like what we have to say. So there's two very strong factions that have a lot of control over North America. And then there's the heroes that are in between everything, trying to hold back the chaos, pull back all the crazy, crazy random monsters, and the bandits and everybody else, and trying to make the world a better place. Which, by the way, segues into what you guys are a part of, which is an organization called the Tomorrow Legion, which is, in fact, canonically part of the Rift setting by uh, now. And it is a reason to get a bunch of eclectic, overpowered, wonderful people together and be more than just murder hobos trying to salvage you know, parts, um, which is the way a lot of people used to play riffs, for sure. <laughs> Uh, but now you can you can play that way, certainly. Uh, you can play any way you want, but we establish an adventuring paradigm, if you will, uh, with the core activity, which is you, know, you guys are sort of in between all these factions vying for power, and there's more than just the big two, but they're the easy ones. Um, and you guys are working with other people who think that maybe we should work on trying to make the world more livable and better for everyone. So that's kind of the overarching reason behind your character being together with these other characters and not doing cool things. Plus, it makes convention games easy because I can just say, you're on a mission. Go do that mission. So, with that in mind... Plus, it makes it easier if you guys are running the platform. Campaigns. Absolutely. So, um, with that in mind, I'm going to go through... Uh, I've got 12 characters that you guys can choose from. Now, I can't give you these, by the way. I'm sorry. I have to ask you not to, to write on or anything like that because uh, these are... Unfortunately, these were expensive to print out and I just couldn't put print multiple copies. So, I apologize for that. Subscribe people will be good for tracking things, especially if you're playing a spell castle. Um, so I'm just going to go through real quick. I might if I don't get the glitter. Um, the, uh, there's a burster named Ariel. There's a burster named Ariel Firecaster. Bursters are uh, pyro uh, pyrokinetics. So think Johnny Storm from a psionic perspective. She's also an Altera blind warrior woman. For those who know the setting reference, uh, she she escaped the slavery of the Spluegard and discovered, wow, I have amazing pyrokinetic powers. I probably wanted to set them on a wall on fire, and that's how I developed that power. Uh, so she's now with that. Uh, there is the city rat, Halima Cortez. Now, to point out for the, my Rift fans, um, we took the concept of some of the uh, not quite as powerful OCCs from original Rifts, the ones you played because you liked, you know, risking death on a daily basis, uh, and we decided second, we, second. <laughs> we, we, we decided to beef them up to make them a little bit more online. Uh, so, whereas the Burster and the Glitter Boy were started as zero point novices with their amazing gear or amazing powers, the uh, what we call Mars category of characters, mercenary adventurers, rogues, and scholars, um, they end up with 20 experience points, so they get four level ups, they get some rolls and some really cool charts, access to gear enhancements and things, and they end up, it turns out they can hang and bang pretty good. So, Halima uh, Cortez is going to be your very cybered up, roguish character. She also has a cool uh, hover bike. Um, and uh, is this combat capable really as anybody here, just overall ability? She may not be blowing things up the way the Glitter Boy does, but she will not be weak in a good combat situation. I don't want you to think any of these characters are. We made them so they can all play in the same scenario. But she also has the cool Shadowrun-esque aspects to her. So, uh, again, Kalima Cortez, the city rat. Uh, Harv, the combat cyborg. Really, I don't know how much more I need to say about that. He carries around a mini railgun. Uh, he's a gigantic metallic cyborg who may have a little bit of meat inside, but for the most part, he's the Terminator with the nice personality. Uh, Valka Mad-Eyes, the crazy. Now, those who know the Rift setting will know that crazies were always kind of the four-second cousin to the Juicer. Not so much anymore. Uh, what the Juicer sacrificed in lifespan to become Super Soldier with, the crazy sacrificed sanity, but the way he's Insanity works in Savage Worlds. It's a little bit more fun to play with, a little less textbook psychosis manual. Uh, and they get a really cool mechanic uh, where they get, the, if you're familiar with Savage Worlds, they have the Berserk mechanic, the Berserk when they lose it and uh, they do crazy, you know, uh, crazy Berserk things. Um, and they can take special uh, iconic edges that play off of that. So, for example, she's a gun nut. So, whereas you normally couldn't use a ranged weapon while Berserk as a crazy with gun nut, you totally can and get bonuses doing so. By the way, she, her particular delusion, her particular issue, is she sees the entire world as a Disney Don Bluth-esque animated uh, 
you know, present. So everyone she sees is a caricature, or all the innocents she encounters are like anthropomorphic bunnies, or, or other types of people. Her her friends are all like over the top Disney like heroes. The villains are completely over the top, you know, Disney style villains. And That's so awesome. she completely she sees the whole world as though she's in a cartoon. Yeah, um, that is cool. Uh, the Cyber Knight, Lady Serena Aldebrand, Cyber Knights, and Techno Wizards were two of my favorite uh, from the first days, except that they kept dying. So you might think I gave them some love. Um, Cyber Knights are pretty awesome. They have inherent psionic ability, but the psionic ability still comes off as being partly holy. Like it comes from some inner light part of, part of who they are. So they're really good against supernatural evil, but they're also really good against um, uh, technological uh, stuff. Plus, their cybernetic ability, or their, their psionic abilities, they have a special ability where they can use it as a free action instead of actually costing an action. And they can like juice up all of their stuff, like big instantaneous things, and suddenly run into combat with all these crazy, amazing abilities. Uh, the Glitter Boy pilot, in this case, a dog boy. So if you're familiar with the Rift setting, uh, yes, this is a dog boy. Broke away from the Federation and was trained how to use a Glitter Boy. His name is Noble, and he has a really, really big gun, and to all Glitter Boys. And Wolf. So, um, that's him. Juicer, Long Walker, Sure Shot. And as I said, mentioned before, the craziest. This guy sacrificed his life. Now, there's an interesting mechanic. Uh, if you're not familiar, uh, one of the things that we went out of our way to do was to make some of the iconic aspects of each of these characters more game playable. That's why we did what we did with the crazy, for example. So we did with a lot of the other stuff that we did. With the Juicers, though, this whole idea that you die at some point within the next four or five years, which never really came into play for the typical risk campaign. We said, no, that shouldn't matter. That should be a game playable aspect. So you have this thing called burn. It's a numeric rating. You roll your burn die, which is a thing that you have, and uh, you roll at the beginning of every session. So campaign play is a little bit more meaningful, but it can be meaningful at the table. Uh, you roll, and if you roll equal to or higher than your current burn, you are going to die that session, unless you spend permanently the point of that burn, which means you can keep staving it off until you can't anymore. Um, you can also spend burn to do superheroic things. You can spend a point of your life essence to add your burn die to any die. So juicers are going to die sooner than most everybody else in almost every case, but how they go out is entirely up to them, and they usually can do some amazing stuff before they go. And as I said, each of these characters have what are called iconic edges, which are edges that specifically enhance the specialness of who they are. The Leyline Walker, Brandon Cryos, Master of Magic, Master of the Leylines, uber super magic powers. If you are a Savage Worlds uh, fan, you get to find out what it means when you take the powers and crank them up to double. This is essentially what Masters of Magic did, and he is absolutely that. Uh, then there is Orson Jaconde. He is the Mind Melter. What the, what the, what the um, uh, Leyline Walker is to magic, the Mind Melter is to psionics. So imagine Charles Xavier with a, able to pull up a side blade, and he's not a Walter. Then there is the mystic, Kai Sail, who is also a, uh, what they call the golden one, the Rin Sreel. So forearms, you know, hawk face, big bat wings, uh, can fly, yes. Mystics, we, I don't know what to do with mystics. They they weren't particularly, they weren't enough there. They're there. half magic, half psychic. So I went with the idea that they are the mystics, and that they actually channel mystical power, uh, uh, spiritual power. We went the priest route with them. So there's their, their arcane background is that they actually are channeling miracles, whether it's through some core inner light, some particular pantheon of theirs, whatever you want to say it is, but they're channeling you know, faith-based abilities, and they have minor signings on top of that. This is going to be the most complex character to play if you don't know Savage Worlds. I'll just go ahead and it right now, because you've got two different power pools, you've got two different things going on. You really like the idea of playing with a lot of complex power, and you get the system basically, this could be a lot of fun. Uh, and yes, it's the healer. Uh, then there's the operator. My, you know, operators are really good with machines and particularly good at driving things. So imagine your your, your high tech uh, rigor character from Shadowrun, for example. My is also a quick flex, or we actually gave him a racial name called the Quindora. So she's got lots of she's, she's incredibly agile and really great reflexes, and is really really good with machines. And the ATV look or the the armored car looking thing with the missile launcher, yeah, that's the toy you get to play with along with her. Uh, so where she isn't driving, she isn't a Glitterboy pilot, she also has really heavy weapons to play with. Uh, and then there's te the Techno Wizard, Ulysses Chance. And his middle name is Adventure, Ulysses Adventure Chance. And uh, whereas he doesn't have the uber power of the Leyline Walker or a Mystic, he has incredible flexibility. So if you're familiar with the Deadlands Wasted West Junker mechanic, where they can instantly gadgeteer things, 
have, have powers they don't normally have, that's something to, that, that Tango Witchers can do. So they have an incredible amount of flexibility, and they're really, really good with machines. All right, so with that in mind, we're going to go a little old school here. Everybody grab me a D12, please. Roll that D12, and we will go over high to low. So uh, anybody get a 12, 11, 10, 9, <laughs> 8? All right, you get to pick first. Pick the operator. My the operator, all right. We all are all. Yeah. <laughs> We're all competing for last. You win. That's six. So there, that please. All right, that was an eight, seven, six. Wow. Okay, <laughs> you want the glitter board. Yes. All right. We need to all warm up our dice right now. <laughs> and there's no the glitter board pilot for you. Five. Four. Three. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, what do you want? I'll take Cortez the uh, cigarette. We're, we're lowballing this one. Okay. Here we go. Thank you. Sure thing. Two. Okay. Each of you roll. You go first. Yeah. Go I'll take Ulysses. Ulysses the tender wizard. Okay. You want Sour Yeah. Okay. It's a good one to start with. Basically, if you're going to manage Jedi uh, Paladin, you're in the right headspace with that. Okay. We'd love someone pointing down at them because, well. Interesting. There's nobody playing a crazy or a juicer this one. Oh, well. Well, I was debating between either a crazy juicer or Layla. You have yet to pick. Yeah, I'm number one. one. Yeah. Okay, so who, who, who are you thinking? Oh, man. I'm going to go Leyline. Because I haven't played one of those a long time. Okay, and you, you feel pretty comfortable with the basic the basics of uh, seven volts power system? Yeah, I usually play wizards when I play. All right. So imagine that times two. Well, well really times ten, but <laughs> you that. power points and everything is. So you're gonna have uh, it's gonna be called PPE, uh, which is just we're bought turned straight over from from rips, uh, but it is power points. Okay. Now you're gonna have two you have two different things here. You have the uh, official published. <laughs> um, sheet that came out with the archetypes things, but the layout of the of the stats is not what I consider to be as new player friendly or really player friendly at all. So I went ahead and transferred transferred all these characters into the official form fillable temperatures character sheets, so everything's a little bit laid out laid out in a more uh, helpful fashion. So you have the story of the character and, and the touchstones uh, and some descriptions uh, on that first sheet that has the picture on it. But for gameplay, you're really going to be wanting to focus on the one that has all the lines and the little hexes and things like that. That's going to make things a lot easier for you. So I'm going to give you guys a few moments to be looking over all of that. Well, I go ahead and make sure everybody has their uh, figures. So. Here is the toy you can to play with as the glitter boy. And if you ever get out of the suit, which during a scenario seems unlikely, but it's possible, that will be the same. Well, you can put them on that. Right, multiples. I, I have. I was. Well, okay. I see your point, but then if I'm going to do that, I'll, I'll use the, the tray. So you went. Uh, who'd you go with? Ulysses. Oh, uh, yes, the Techno Wizard. What do they do with it? Where'd he go? You can help oh, technical. there he is. And you went with, uh, ah, Myena. So you get that. And you went with the Cyber Knights. So, uh-oh. Oh, don't tell me that. Did she get pulled out? She did. I pulled her out and forgot to put her back in. Son of a, hang on a second. You may not end up with the figure I normally... It's okay. Use for her, which I apologize for, but I'm still playing the game. <laughs> That's and important. Uh, and no, I thought I had everybody tucked in here. All right, we'll have to use her. Doesn't really match the the picture, but it's close enough. And you went with Ulysses. You went with uh, the Leyline Walker. Boom. And that one with the cigarette. 
And it show on and off bike. Time, please buy the books. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. All right. What if we already have? I was going to say, we all, we all supported the Kickstarter, right? That was important. Well, then, what are you doing here? I don't need to do this. You already bought this stuff. Uh, I'm not your monkey. I don't have to do this uh, for you. Did you support the Kickstarter, Mudgy? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think you did since you didn't have experience. So I have one person I have to run for, so we'll buy them. There we go. All right. So we all going to make this look really good for you, okay? Oh, that's not good. That's it's, not going to be hard. It's riffs. It's going to be easy. Let's put it this way. Riffs is worth it to buy the books just to read. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Wow. That's, that's really nice. All right, so. These yeah. uh, tan chips. That's true, actually. So these tan chips are your bennies. For savage roles players, these are things you spend to re-roll to get extra effort, which I'll explain when it comes up, or to soak damage. This blue chip is a house rule thing that I do. It's a nomination chip. This is your ability to give somebody else a value one time during the game because you did, you thought they did something really cool, some great role play. Or as is more often the case, it's the pity Benny for oh for God's sake, please re-roll that. <laughs> so you know, however much you can use it, you get one off, you get a one time chance to do that. So you turn the blue chip into me and say I want to give that person that. So pass those over to him, please. Thank you. And we'll go down to our our operator. Actually, most of you guys are Savage Worlds fans. Uh, i got one person who has not played Savage Worlds. Um, but the, the I tried, character. but they didn't call anything before. All right, so uh, do you recognize what you're saying, or, or do, do you have a, uh, Well, it's just real quick. So top I left. Played, I played lots of them. Top left is going to be your attributes. So uh, strength, agility, all that is rated in a die code. That's how everything is resolved here. They're called trait modes. So your attributes are traits, and your skills are traits. Your skills are going to be down on the left side. You'll see things like fighting and shooting and things like that. It's a very broad skill system. Uh, but you roll that type of die when you attempt to do that thing. You also roll what is called a wild die, which is a d6. I call that your second chance die. They do not add together. They're rolled separately, and the one that comes up higher, that is your result. Understand that dice can ace or explode is the typical term used in most other games. So if you roll the maximum possible on a given die, you pick it up, roll, and continue adding until it stops exploding. Or until I tell you, okay, really, that's enough. You stop. Which happens more often than not. So that's how trait rolls are happening. And again, skills and attributes both work that way. You'll also note listings for things like parry and toughness and pace. Uh, when it comes up, I'll explain more in detail you know, how those come up. But you know, they come down to exactly what you think. Parry is how, what I need to hit you in melee. Pace is how many squares you can move uh, for free. Uh, and toughness is, you know, well, if I hit you, it's going to hurt, but how bad depends on that number. Uh, the skills, is again, I've already covered. If you look all the way over to the right side of the, the front of the character sheet, you'll see things where it says edges. Uh, these are all kinds of special things that your character uh, has that make them more cool at what they do. Uh, some of them are probably fairly self-explanatory, but I imagine a few of them may, you know, the specific mechanics of them uh, may you know, need some explaining. And we will certainly cover that uh, here. Everybody over the table, everybody's going to get a chance to ask questions of the character sheet. We'll cover some of those um, here at the bottom, your most typical weapons and attacks. Uh, everyone wants to pay attention there because I've worked out you know, the basics of you know, what you need to know there in terms of range. Make sure you do, when you report to me what you're doing with the weapon, that you go to the notes section and you know, you know, uh, you know specific things there. Uh, Semi-auto means you can uh, pull the trigger twice. It's called double tap. You get plus one to hit and damage when you do that. We're not really going to be worried about <laughs> ammunition too much in this game. 
So you're really going to need to upload that. Uh, AP means armor piercing, so people uh, don't catch that. There's an AP rating for most of your weapons. That is armor piercing, that means how many points of the enemy's armor you can get rid of. And if you'll note in your toughness column, you'll have two numbers. And the smaller one uh, is in parentheses. That is the, you know, the, the bigger one is the total toughness you have against an attack. The smaller one is how much of that comes from what is called armor. So I can take that much away from an armor piercing attack, but I can't take anything that isn't armor away. Toughness just is. Okay, flip over to the other side. If you're a spellcaster, you're going to have a bunch of powers listed at the top there. It's going to tell you how many uh, power points. And this, in the case of uh, psionics, it's ISP. In the case of arcane, it's PPD. They're mechanically the same, but uh, they, they're not interchangeable unless you're a mystic. But nobody has to worry about it. Uh, you will, uh, Leyline Walker, um, you have powers and you have mega powers. You will note there's a lot going on there. Uh, I think well, you've got a, a name, and then you'll have a you'll have something, you'll have something in parentheses. The parentheses is the mega power version. It means it's going to cost usually twice as much to use, but you're going to get a lot more power out of it. Uh, so there's that. Uh, let me know if you have any questions. In most cases, you get essentially double or close to double effect of what the base power would do, but in some cases, it's a little bit different. I don't remember how much of that's true for what Brandon, but if there's anything for you, let me know. Uh, if you have cybernetics, there's a listing that tells you where your cybernetics, all the cybernetics you have, many of them are figured into other things, like they, you know, if they raised your attribute or gave you better toughness. In some cases, though, they might give you a special ability that is only listed under the cybernetics, so pay attention to that. Should already be added in? Uh, I think you only have... Agility. Yeah, so that's, that's been... That's been that's already your, your agility's been jacked up. Uh, let's see, if you have any kind of special armor, I think it's listed over on that side. No, actually, no, it's listed on the other side. You've got power armor, but nobody does. Except you. And I think you can see all your stats pretty well. Uh, yeah. On the right... It's technically mine listed. Huh? It's got the PPP Yeah, uh, sometimes I had to find the right place for it. But yes, that may as well be power armor for you. Or in this case, robot armor. It's a, it's a badass vehicle. Uh, on the right side of the second page is all the iconic abilities, special abilities, some, in some cases complications. So there's a lot going on over there that is specific to the type of character that you are playing. We added something to Savage Worlds called iconic frameworks. It's not something that's been done before, but it allows us to create these packages of front-loaded abilities. So things that aren't edges or aren't otherwise accounted for elsewhere, you pay attention. And do please, because you may miss something really important cool about your character if you don't look at that section. And then finally, at the very bottom, you will see stuff to do with your hero's journey. Uh, this is a thing that's done, it'll have some meaning in campaign, well, it'll have a lot of meaning in campaign play, but also meaning in character build. There's a narrative hook, and that gets into how your character came to be a part of the group, and how they came to be part of the Tomorrow Legion. If a question about that, go ahead, but campaign thing. The rest of the stuff, however, are special things you got off of different charts when this character was made, that in some cases were added, like skills were added to your skill lists, the attributes and edges were added in there, but once again, just like the iconic stuff, there may be a special ability listed in there that isn't otherwise accounted for. So do look over that and make sure you don't miss something powerful and important to your character. Alright, having covered all that, I'm going to start with Jim, or I should say Halima, I'm going to go around and say, if there's something you're like, oh, we should be able to figure this out later, then cool, we'll wait and cover it then. If there's something like, I just don't think I can put this character unless I understand what this means right now, let's get into that. So, a uh, quick question. Ambidextrous and two fixed it means there's no negatives for dual wisdom tests, right? You can attack with either hand, uh, both hands, every round, and no yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. Anything else? Nope, that's right. it. And Brandon. Uh, the only question that I have here is... Um, On the ley line um, sense, is that at will for free? Yeah. Okay. You desist ley lines. Uh, generally, I will like to say, hey, by the way, you know there's a ley line over here. And if you are within, I think it's double your spirit of a ley line, uh, as a free action, and this is not true for everybody, but it is for ley line. If it's a free action, you go, I need more power. Basically, on a ley line, you can't run out of power. You cast all day long, and it just does not matter. It's kind of sick, but there's it's very sick. Now, yeah. them on their lane, in, on the for, for non leyline walkers who are, are, are high enough spellcasters, they can take an action to do it, and so they can take multiple action penalty. So they're also in pretty good shape. But leyline walkers are like, 
Boom, 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 boom. Boost, 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 boost. Armor, armor, armor. Oh, I still got plenty here. How you guys doing? No, that's that's your life. Uh, Serena. I'm okay. Okay. I uh, will once again point out that you have a number of psionic powers. Um, it'll tell you how much it costs. You use your psionic skill to use them. Now, what's important here, and actually, Brandon, this is important to you, too. I think it might be, and, uh, whoa, uh, Ulysses, this is important to you, too. In Savage Rifts, we have established that the core rule now is you can cast multiple spells on the same round. It used to be interpreted that casting magic was a, a unique action. You can't fire the same gun twice. You can't swing the same sword twice. You can't do the same action twice. Shane used Savage Rifts to say, I never meant for that to be spell casting. You can cast different spells. They're different actions. So you can use different powers on the same turn. They're just multiple actions like for anybody else. Now, why this is particularly important to bring up for Selena, is it Selena or Serena? Serena. For Serena, you have the special ability as a Cyber Knight. This is one of the things that makes Cyber Knights really badass. All of your abilities, though they cannot be used for anybody else, they can be used on yourself as a free action. Okay. So you can pop all of your different abilities at once, and it's expensive in terms of power, right. but there's no there was no penalty to die rolls. So you could throw out three sonic right. powers and then go hit somebody with a sword at no penalty. Wow. Wow. That is what makes Cyber Knights that much more awesome. Everybody has their thing. I know that. That's the Cyber Knights thing. <laughs> Alright, uh, Maina, anything that's jumping out at you at this point? Well, I have a short attention span, and then I have a portion of Glorious Farm to learn. Right, you know you... So those, like, cancel each other out? No. Um, uh, smart and learning means you studied a bunch of stuff, you know, you have a good intelligence, but for basic uh, smarts checks, you're distracted, so sometimes you're just like, what, huh? You know, it's ADD. <laughs> you can be really smart and have attention deficit disorder, and that's kind of what all Quindora have. Um, but that's, again, it's for just, it really only applies to straight smarts checks. Okay, make a smarts check. That would be the thing. If it's one of your skills, you don't serve them. So it only affects pure smarts checks. Is there any other thing about abilities or anything like that? that no, that's, that's the only one that was. Alright, so she's also ambidextrous. She's ambidextrous. I don't remember if she's two-fisted or not. She's got both, yeah. Alright, so she, she can. steady hands. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so she could, you know, be riding along in her thing, you know. Drive over here, blam, 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 or she can do two guns. I mean, it's, she's she's got that kind of stuff going on. Uh, in the vehicle, she's crazy powerful. Out of the vehicle, she's pretty badass. So, uh, all right, and you uh, list. I think I can figure it out. Okay, so what's again? Uh, you have the you have the base powers that are your devices. You always have. Now, under like unlike other weird science, it's powered off of your PPE as opposed to having its own stuff. Now, the gadgets you make. If you instantaneously create something, it has its own pool instead of drawing off your doors. So it's a little bit different. Um, the basic mechanics, I think, are going to fly for you. The most important thing for you is going to be, okay, I want to make this thing. Need, then we may have to quickly look up uh, an effect bringer set as well as again, if you have one, so that's awesome. Uh, what rank it is, because what rank it is can be a penalty towards using crafting. And you have a certain number of times you can do it, which I think is five. Uh, all right. And Noble. Alright, uh, Marksman in Rifts is the same as it is in the Absolutely, yes it is. The most no-brainer edge for a glitter boy to take. Okay. Now Danger Sense is not in the core book, so how Yeah, it is. It's under the weird edges. But weird. basically, it's under the weird edges. Basically, it is you have a sense of when danger is pending. And uh, it means that if, if there's a surprise round, you go, oh, I have Danger Sense. So I'm probably not catch you by surprise. So it's a good idea to remind you, by the way, I have Danger Sense. Danger Sense is his biggest important thing is, his most important use is if I were to do something that would catch everybody else by surprise and say, I have a surprise round on you all, you go, ah, I got danger sense, and you roll, and you go, oh, nope, you don't have a surprise with me. That's a scary thing. You've never seen me roll. <laughs> you don't get your surprise round. We're all walking. We get surprised and all of a sudden, bow! So, for purposes of the scenario, uh, to start with, I'm going to ask everybody to get their miniature down on, off the board, down on that end. And also, everybody should take those wooden dowels and make sure you have one of those. The reason for that is a friend of mine, oh, oh you slipped them like that. And you, if you get an initiative card, oh, it's going to go in there facing me. That's a really good idea. A friend of mine made these for me back in the day. So they're a good way for you to uh, put your initiative cards up so I can see. Now, I will point out that my uh, initiative, that my cards have um, uh, different sides. Uh, they, they're, they're not double-sided, but it, it'll be clear. So don't put it in upside down is what I'm saying, because <laughs> the numbers are not on both ends the way they should be. 
it was a custom deck a friend of mine made for Shantar, but they for some reason didn't put the faces on both of them. Alright. So we start out with you guys, uh, as members of the Tomorrow Legion. A uh, large troop of demons are a muck. That's the name. In an area protected by the Tomorrow Legion, and someone needs to deal with them. The team is dispatched eastward from Castle Refuge to the area where reports last came from regarding them with the mission to track and destroy the monsters. Two destroyed villages later, the heroes are on the trail of the beasts, and ultimately they come upon a third community under attack. Grotesque, classic bat-winged demons are tearing the place apart, accompanied by some Broadgill, who've decided to join the fun. Broadgill, by the way, if you don't know, are kind of the orcs of the demon world in, in, in rifts. Doesn't mean they're pushovers, but there's a lot of them. Uh, a lot. They tend to like to have cybernetics, the ones that can get them. We did not go with the idea that every Brockville has cybernetics. So we'll encounter some that do and some that don't. All the ones that are on the board right now, when we encounter them, they do not have cybernetics. If you encounter a Brockville with a headspace, they have cybernetics. All right. Why does he have them over here instead of on the board? Hmm. All right. So with that in mind, uh, you guys, you know, hear screaming. And uh, you hear all kinds of stuff happening. He's like, uh, up ahead, and he's like, ah, help me, help me. So you're like, hmm, signs of trouble. Uh, so we're going to just dive right in with parts in media rest, I like to say, right to the action. All right with that. And then any last minute questions of, oh, God, oh, God, I, wait, wait, wait. Okay, good. Then here we go. So I'm going to deal out your cards. Please let me know if you're leaving a quicker level headed. I don't. I think my, I think my need to ask quick. That will be an edge, by the way. <coughs> huh, really? Okay. Take the ambidextrous ace when I have a prismatic guy I know and a Okay, so let me cover this really real quick. Uh, ambidextrous, you don't take off head penalties. What was the next one? Ace. Ace means you get a plus two on any driving, voting, or, and that's already, I think I already added that in for yeah. your skills. Uh, next one? Driver. So you can. Uh, just like the character in the television show, it's more of a role play thing, but you can come up with something that the group needs from a, like, I need to get you this out of this situation, or we'll figure out a, we'll put a machine together to help us. Next. Charismatic. Figured into your charisma, which is a modifier for role play. Okay, I know. That is a special thing where you can spend a Benny and have connections anywhere you go. Uh, if there's some guy that, uh, uh, there's somebody there that knows you that you know and you can get help from. And? Combat is. That means you can operate a vehicle and fire a weapon at no multiple action time. So you can be like driving along, you know, and you're definitely because you're just that good. All right, here we go with cards. Right off the freaking bat. That's it. So what this means is everybody gets a Benny because we use the Joker's Wild rule in this session, uh, and uh, this, you know, this one gets plus two on all trade rolls and damage. Right. Turn, turn it to face me. There you yep. go. And for Brandon, out of diamonds. For Serena, five clubs. For Maida, seven of hearts. For Ulysses, six of hearts. And for Noble, <coughs> three, three of clubs. Unless you have quicker, you can that. All right, there you go then. Meanwhile, uh, da -da 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 -da. The broad kill, end up with any parts. Those are demons. Ooh. Sorry about that, folks. Ooh. Now, the good news is I don't get pennies for that. I do get some pennies. I will give myself my six pennies. Six of you. That is my defense against your horribleness as a human being. Alright. <laughs> Four villains or four monsters. You guys want to be up to you? You guys get <laughs> over to Bob. Uh, he's always on the side of the board. Alright, there we go. Maybe not all. Yes. So, because I have a four Joker deck, yes, I like to live dangerously, uh, I actually suited my Joker. So, Joker of Hearts goes first. Okay. Now, uh, at this point, I'm uh, saying if you guys are just off the board, so, you, know, you can start counting your pace, such as it is, you know, uh, coming out of the board. Just keep the message that way. I will go with the idea, by the way, that 
um, for purposes of convention gameplay, even though you have guns that can shoot through schools across the country, uh, possibly shoot satellites out of the orbit, noble. Um, for purposes of gameplay, um, we generally go with the idea of be on the board to kill my people. And I will make it so that your people cannot kill you until you're on the board. Just to keep things nice and easy for this game. But that is acknowledging that yes, you could sit way, way, way over there uh, in the bathroom and kill all my stuff. But that's not fun for me or really anybody but you. So moving on. Uh, Halima. Okay. Uh, so I don't really want to dive too far into town without backup. And what are these guys? Well, they're all with you. You're just getting there first. Yeah. So the Batwing, the, the very swinging things are demons. Okay. Uh, demons from hell, kind of thing. Which hell we don't know. There's a lot of hells. Uh, but late, late levels of the and the ones who don't have wings are rock kill. They're, so they're lesser demons. And uh, human citizens? And human citizens who are running and screaming for their lives. Okay. Or bastards. Okay. Let me see the speed of my bike. So you'll have a ACC slash TS. So 15 or 70. So 15 is, the, you know, so every round you can go up that much more. Um, although you're in really tight quarters here, so it's going to yeah. start becoming close to impossible. Uh, although you're good, you're not as good as my unit for driving. Yeah. Um, although you, you actually use pilot. Uh, yeah. So you could start at like 50, and the next round you could actually go 30. <coughs> there wouldn't be much point just because the board isn't going to fit. Yeah. Uh, she's going to be sneaky ish. I don't know how much she's not. Wow. Now, if you want to say you're not on your hoverback... Oh, no, I'm, I'm good with me on the hoverback. Okay. Can I come over here? Top buildings between uh, them and me. Okay. Because I'm all close range stuff, so I don't want to get too close and have them go next. Okay, so... Would you tell me you're going to waste your joker and not attack? I'd love to, but... You can back up and give yourself a line of sight. You are a member of the Tomorrow Legion, and people are in trouble... Well, and you are a hero. You just one up on the roof? Yes. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking it's down below. Then, yeah, I want to go ahead and take a pop shot at it. So you go reading by and uh -huh. take a shot? All right, go for it. So as you come swing by, it actually glances over. <laughs> and what, are you, what are you using? I'm using one of my Wilkes 237 pistols. Okay. And I hope I'm Ah, that blew up. Ooh, blew it up. Although really at this point doesn't matter because yeah. with your Joker index, that's 19. Wow. So if you in range combat, you're going to use two, four. Two. Yeah. Turn on on Guys. Well, actually, I'm plus two to shoot the cybernetic guy. So. So yes, plus two because the Joker. Yes, plus two because the cybernetic guy. So you were already doing really well. I'm just trying to make sure that you yeah. know that four is what you need to hit range combat unless there's penalties, which there was some cover penalties, but it doesn't even matter because. Super awesome. Um, eight will get you a raise. So four better than what you need on a skill roll will get you a raise. There are not everything has a raise effect, but most things do. Uh, so in this case, you get to roll whatever the normal damage is for the weapon, which is two d six plus one. So you get two d six plus one. You add an additional d six because you got the raise. Multiple raises do not result in multiple d sixes. Okay, so fourteen. Fourteen oh. and damage dice do add together unlike trick dice. So sorry, fifteen is plus one. Did you add your plus two for the Joker? No. I did not. So 17. 17. So 17 points of damage against the toughness of this monster, which is 15. But however, what is the what is the AP value on the Wilkes? The AP value of the weapon is nothing, unfortunately. Are you sure? Yep. Look at only my, only my vibro blades have AP. You are wrong. Two oh. Wilkes, AP four. Oh, I am I am incorrect. Thank you. Yeah, I always look down at the weapons. And look at the AP. There's an AP yeah, column so AP on AP four. So for, since he has toughness of 15, three of that comes from armor. So you actually knocked all three of those points off rocket net to a 12, and you did, what did we said? 17. 17. 17. 17 over, at that point, 12. If I get his toughness, uh, then it's a shaken result. It's like, ow, you know, bell ring. For every four over, it's a wound. Now for extras, which all of the monsters are, it's up, shaken, or down. Um, however, uh, Oh, um, so, so however, you did so many points of damage. They're abyssal nature. Not every monster is the same, and so don't make too many assumptions here. But these guys are so abyssal, demons suffer only half damage from non-natural attacks. 
So your 17 actually got cranked down to a uh, 8. So it becomes an 8 AP4, and unfortunately, 8 versus 12. So you come from by, you just dead on, bounces right off his head. Now, uh, he notices, no question, mm-hmm. the searing, and uh, you've been around, uh, you're a 20 experience point character, and so you've been around enough to go, Oh crap! It's one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you realize, you know, for example, you know for broad kill, they don't they don't take the half. So yeah. you know you would have much better chance against them. But you're realizing, oh boy, these so. things were birthed in hellfire. Laser yes. beams, not so tough. Yeah, exactly. That is a, that that's a problem. You realize that that is a job for your cyber knight and your art, your, your cyber knight, your techno wizard, and especially your well, not especially, but also your uh, your landline holder. All right. Now, unfortunately, the lesser demons of which you shot one are also on Joker, so your cautiousness is unfortunately not going to pay off for you. Uh, as he is going to leap off of that building, flying down to attack you. Uh, now, the other ones are not at this point aware, and they're all just kind of watching the broad kill run around and going, her, her, her. So they're all on hold. Now, the, the way I do this is I just do the, the the one little black marker for anybody goes on hold, which is an option you have to set as well. So you can choose to go on hold and wait until later for the marker on you, and you can interrupt anything you want. If you try to interrupt somebody else's action, you have to make an agility check. However, the thing with jokers is you go on hold with joker, you don't have to hold. You can automatically interrupt anytime you want. Alright, so the three demons are on what's called joker hold, which is going to put two of those on there. That one is going, and he leaps down to attack Halima. It comes flying in. Uh, he is got a fighting D8. He is not a wild card, so I simply roll the D8. Roll four. What's your parry? My parry is eight. Right. So even with the plus two I got from the Joker, which would make it a six, I pop out my my vibro blades on my gauntlet and block <laughs> it. <laughs> so you managed to completely miss. Uh, so that happened, and I could at this point as a GM spend a penny to add something called extra effort. I'm using this as a chance to tell you. There's a new, um, this comes from Shintar, which is a setting I created uh, for Set of Pros a few years ago, uh, called Extra Effort. And I say I came up with it, but Clint Black actually was one of the this, and so we ported it back over. In addition to using a Benny to re-roll, so I could spend a Benny to re-roll that completely, or I could spend a Benny to add a die six. So sometimes, if it's a really, really bad roll, you want to re-roll, but it's kind of close, you might want to do Extra Effort. So if I were to spend a Benny, I could add a six. If I got a two or better, I would actually then buy the hit. Once you extra effort, you may not re-roll. And if you re-roll, you may not extra effort. So it's one or the other. You can only extra effort once, and you cannot extra effort damage. And you cannot extra effort bigger checks that deal with damage. We found out that made it impossible to kill anybody. All right, so there it is. All right, so the others are Joker hold, and then unfortunately my ace of hearts goes. Luck of the draw. So unfortunately what that means is, well, first off, actually, what it does mean is I want I need to see if these guys make a notice check and are aware that something's going on. Hover second screaming down the street. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll them as a group, so they effectively get a wild die to roll as a group. Huh. Well, what do you know? They are definitely where something's going on. So even though he they were chasing these people, uh, I heard the laser fire. Two, three, four, five, six. Oh, what? So they did hit. Uh, I'm saving the people. Yes. Wasn't your, wasn't Save your the intention. citizen. Wasn't your intention. You were trying to be sneaky. But it worked out for them anyway. Not, <laughs> not so in the you. So you go around looking around. That one comes at you. He's got a big old you know, uh, nasty looking weapon. He will also make a fighting check against you. He has an eight. He now has gang up bonus. So he gets plus one for gang up bonus. Gang up. And he can lose one. Alright, so he did not hit you either. Uh on Cortez. So you get the impression hey, there's, they're, them up. they're laughing. They're running at these people and laughing. This guy, uh, they're just bursting meat bags. That's all they are. He's running up and he's like, ah, ah, and he shouldn't take a swing at him, but he's not. That guy's only oh, running and screaming. He's like, oh, run, little man, run. Unfortunately, what the whole gag was, oh, 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 was to. Run them to the, the more leaderly hiring the uh, spot. These guys, uh, they come out. These guys are cybered up, and they actually have high tech weapons and stuff. So they're same as the other broad kill, but they've got cyber plants. They've got 
and weaponry, and it's kind of they're like the next cast level up as far as the broadcast is concerned. So the other ones were just running and chasing. It's basically a horrific game that they play. So the broad kill are not particularly well trained on the weapons. So they're shooting. Now here's the funny part. And again, they're kind of dumb. Um, so uh, if they roll ones, they're going to hit their own guy. Uh, no, but he actually missed the human, the other guy. Uh-oh. He's going to attack. Uh, and then this guy. Uh, Get those good rolls out. We're just seeing red mist. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not. I understand. Uh, the wrist fans are used to every weapon automatically misting everything that isn't MDC. We didn't do that in the Savage version. Uh, we pulled it back from the brink. And again, Kevin was perfectly fine with this. He, he took a look at it and said, Yeah, this, this would be a good way to go. Uh, the man's very interested in looking at what was and then looking at what is and going, what can we do? Uh, so we went back to the idea that if it walks like a tank and talks like a tank, it's a duck. I mean, tank. Uh, and if it looks like it should kill tanks, it does mega damage. If it doesn't look like it should kill tanks, it does not do mega damage. So we kind of went back to that. All right, so anyway, but they're pretty bad off. Uh, however, because they're NPCs or extras or whatever, those, anybody who wants to check them out, they might have lived. Check them in and see if they somehow survive later. All right, so that being the case, the broad kill are done, which brings us to our heroes, starting with uh, Brandon. Okay. So I'm thinking of going on hold, unless would be our tactic here for me to boost everybody's shooting. Okay. We're going to look at this as a movie. Okay. So we're we're not in the script meeting part of the movie. So we're just we're acting. in the it's the movie. Okay. So what would Brandon do? So if you want to stop and boost everyone, then that's what you want Brandon to do. But right now you guys are running and chasing demons who are murdering humans. You don't have time to to stop and tactically discuss this. You need to make the decision about what you would like to do. Thinking in terms of your character and the movie. Do I know the characters well enough that I know that that's pretty much all except maybe her main skill? Because if they're mostly melee, I would. We are all, we're all from the same organization. We've been yeah, together at least traveling. So, for example, you would know that Serena. You know that Serena's very fighting. Uh, most everybody else is going to be pretty shooty. Okay. Um, so, uh, if you were going to go that route, boosting everybody's fighting, and even even right, raising, you know, uh, raising fighting means everybody's parry goes up. But you know that that could be helpful for defending. If you're thinking in terms of defensiveness. Uh, typically, uh, I've watched a lot of people think boosting vigor uh, on Moss is a good move because that means everybody's toughness goes up and it means their resistance and damage goes up. Uh, so that tends to be a favorite tactic. Um, those are those are two good ones. It really just depends on what your focus is. But if you're the most defensive thing you can do for the group on Moss, no matter what style they're fighting is, is raise their vigor. Okay, so I'm going to kind of do some setup stuff. Then I kind of want to do my freeze, freeze stuff like. Determine where the local ley line is. It's riff. this way, but not very close. Okay. It's, you sense it. It's it's within sensing distance, and it's not too far that way. But it's not about you're, you're not you're not going to be able to use it. Okay. So that's what one of my question was. Okay. And then um, I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Should I move onto the map too? Yes. Okay. They're all very nearby. They're all within your spirit distance, which is, I believe, what the the range for. Or, um, okay. I believe that it's either, it's either spirit or smart for either way you've got a high level. Oh, right. Spellcasting. So, to clarify, you're boosting? I'm going to boost toughness. Uh, no, vigor, I'm, actually. Vigor, excuse me. Vigor. Are you and going to do I'm the gonna, normal or the mega version? I'm going to use the mega version for the four, the four point. Of the okay. Now, it's four points for the base, and that's for one target. Each additional target is an additional plus one point. So if you want to just do it yourself, it's four. If you want to add four other people, it becomes eight. Expensive. Mm -hmm. You don't really need boost me. You don't know. Probably not. <laughs> it won't be any good unless I get out. That ain't that. Ain't that. <laughs> so that's not true. You're wearing, uh, you're wearing power armor, not robot. Oh, that's true. So you're tough. Especially I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then I'm just going to, just so you all know, I'm going to use everything else on bolts from here on out. So you're so that's going to be four plus um, four. So you plus those four. So that's because she's already out of her. 
So yeah. eight points. Eight points. Now you roll your spell casting. Nice success. There, there's a you have a there's a penalty unless I drop a pack for. Yeah, I don't worry about it. Okay. All right. So in that case, with a, just a success, everybody gets what a plus one, a plus two. Because uh, this is for boost, it's plus two or plus four. For yeah, exalted mega. boost, the mega boost, it's plus four or. Uh, wow. What does it say on the sheet? It said it's one or two for regular, or two to four, four for mega. Oh yes, it's two dice on a regular. It's four dice. So yes, you would. Uh, so right now, everyone would get two dice just for basic success. Now I'm not saying you should, but I'm reiterating that if you were to spend a penny right now, you could add a D six to that, and on a three or better, you would get the raise. Wow, that's the investment. Okay. Because you're doing it for some people, it might well be. Oh, six. Right, so that's like that doesn't that, that matter what you got three. So that means that everybody gets their bigger raise by four. Four so, dice. So it goes die types up. So, for example, uh, what is um, Mahina's bigger? So it goes to 8, 10, 12, and then 12 plus 1. So anything above 12 just becomes pluses. So you temporarily have a bigger D12 plus 1. It also means that your toughness right now is up by 3. It's not like D12 plus 2 right now. Right, so each die raise is a, is a toughness raise, and every 2 points, full 2 points. Oh, full 2 points, so it would just be D12 plus 1. Right. That's three rounds, and then I can. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, I just, I, I just spoke. What is your base figure? Eight. 12, 12, 1, 12, 2. So getting at though is the toughest thing. Eight would raise it to well, you are you are an eight, right? Eight bigger, yeah. So at a ten, your toughest went by by one. At a twelve, your toughest went by one. Twelve plus one, it did not. But twelve plus two, it didn't go up with another one. So you get plus two, your toughest. So both both these ratings go up by three. Yes. Well, no, just the the toughest rating does. It did not raise your armor. Prince uses the toughest. Prince uses the armor. Oh, that's right. Because that is for the AP. Yeah. All right. All right. And uh, the Ulysses, you covered. You, you got it? Yep. Okay. And uh, Brandon, you raised your round. So, okay. And Maina. I'm sorry. Serena. Uh, so what I raised mine also. Yes. Your, your bigger was was one before? Uh, D6. So it went to 8, 10, 12, 12, 1. Okay. So you currently have a bigger of 12 plus 1. Have to roll some damage, and that we won't get d12 plus one, so it'll be six. That's a lot better. And for each full die, it was a, a point added to your base toughness. So where it says toughness, that total number is up by three. Okay. All right, so that was a big move, and that was wrong, and you didn't declare any other actions this round. So that's what you did. Try. Okay. Uh, unless you want to, unless you want to move anywhere further, or if you're good behind the building, which let's see, what cover, you see what everybody does. Cover's not a bad thing. Give me a card, please. Thank you very much. And now we are at Mahina. By the way, did anybody else want to say they were in the vehicle? I'm in the vehicle. I figured uh, you are. Or yes. in my vehicle. The vehicle, vehicle sounds good. Right, so you'll be in the vehicle. You are in the vehicle. Well, Makes sense. One is in the car. Anybody else want to jump on the car? I don't think anybody else can at this point. The Cybernet could be in the vehicle. Yeah. Is that what the line is not here? You need to be on the way line for it to. So, <laughs> you're kind of cruising along. I'm going to go ahead and say you, you slow <coughs> down to, you know, to confer with everybody. So, we're going to just start with you. There's, there's, there was the ACC slash TS, just like for, for that character. So, whatever the acceleration is, that number of inches you go this round. By the way, I do believe I see three speed bumps in <laughs> ACCTS yeah. says 1050. So your acceleration is 10, your top speed is 50. So you've got 10 rounds, you've got 10 squares the first round, 20 squares the next, 30, 40, until you get to 50, then you run through the squares round. It gets a lot harder to control uh, once you get that speed on the battleboard, so you may want to keep it down to you know, something a little less. But where would you like to go and what would you like to do? You have a lot of heavy weapons on that thing. <laughs> And again, feel free to think as cinematically fast and furious you know, with an armored car as you want. You're just barreling right down there. I like that. I respect that. <laughs> All right. What do you want to do? Um. And that's a great place to wrap it up there.
Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening. Hey guys, and I'd just like to take a second to thank all of our patrons, the folks who supported us on Kickstarter, and the folks who've given us positive reviews on iTunes. So on iTunes, XO4, thanks man, you've been with us since the very beginning, and we still love getting messages from you, man. Next would be LOL Man, one, that's two L's, two N's, D&D Rocks, exclamation port, and OCU Teach. Thanks, you guys, for going to iTunes and hitting the review because it really does help other folks find us so they can actually hit us on the friends list. If anybody in the patron and Kickstarter page wants their name to just be their last name or the first name, let us know. But I'd like to definitely shout out to Christopher Onstad. Thank you very much, man. Chris McCarty. Thank you. Kelly Springer. Thank you, honey. Carrie, Carrie S. Thank you. And, of course, James Springer. Thank you very much, guys. And thanks for being our patrons. Thanks for supporting us. Thank you for your emails because, guys, we love going through those emails. And if you want to shoot us a message, shoot us an email to creativeplaypodcastnet at gmail.com. Thank you for supporting us, guys.